Danny and Eratafa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, Sean. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. You know, I'm really looking forward uh, to our conversation. Perhaps we could start with some basics. Uh, since this is the uh, first time that we're meeting you, and uh, probably the first time listeners are hearing from you. But Danny, well, let's start with you. Who are you? What do you do? And how did you get here today? I'm Danny. I'm one of the two co-founders of Jam. The story of Jam and the story of my career starts at Cloudflare, which is where Urtafa and I met. We were both so lucky to join such an early but amazing and fast-growing company. I joined as the fourth product manager at 100 people, and Urtafa joined shortly after. And we got to see it grow to thousands of people. Urtafa through the IPO, it's now a $20 billion company. It was absolutely amazing. And it was there that we discovered the need for a tool like Jam. All right. And then over to you, Eretafa. Who are you? What do you do? And how did you get here? Yeah. Thanks again, Sean, for having me over. Uh, my name is Eretafa. Uh, I'm the other co-founder of Jam. I was uh, born and raised in Bangladesh. And a few years ago, I came here to study computer science. And one of the first jobs right out of college was as a software engineer at this company called We Tell Me Not. So if you're ever online looking for discount codes for pizza, you've probably heard of that company. And uh, I joined this really small team of like four engineers. And what the crazy part about the team was the engineer to user ratio was really high. So it was one engineer to like 4 million users. So just right out of college, getting that experience was super valuable. Uh, and then after that, I joined Danny at Cloudflare. Uh, it's a very nimble and fast moving team. Like Danny said, like our, our job was to basically figure out what's going to be Cloudflare's next big business. And it was there while uh, we were trying to move really, really fast. We realized that the world needed something like Jam. You know, it's fun to sometimes be able to be get a little bit of that startup experience when you're in these like, you know, bigger companies uh, and drive a lot of the innovation. So as I, you know, we, we teased here, we're talking about bug reports today which is something I think presumably nearly everyone that's listening has some experience with. And back in like the dinosaur ages of the internet, the first piece of software that I ever built and sold on my own was a bug reporting system called Bug Tracker version 1.0. I think I was thinking that I was going to have multiple versions of it, which never actually came to fruition. It was written entirely in Visual Basic and with a lovely Microsoft Access database backend. However, even though that was like 20 years ago, and I don't think really that much has changed in how bug reports actually work. Like the applications themselves are now web applications rather than desktop applications like I had built, but the functionality is basically the same. So why is it that like bug reports has essentially remained the same for 30 years? Most people don't realize that while most things in software engineering have changed 100x since the 90s, Bug reporting hasn't at all. We've gone from reporting bugs in a single text file. There's this amazing blog post by Raymond Chen, an early engineer at Microsoft, about how they reported bugs for the first version of Windows in a single text file, to databases, to GUIs like Bug Tracker version 1.0, and Jira, and Bugzilla. But how the bug reports are generated hasn't changed at all. It's still totally manual. So it's up to the person who has identified a bug to figure out what is the information that an engineer will need to solve this bug. And if you're not an engineer, that task is virtually impossible. What it feels like as a non-engineer is taking your car to the mechanic and the mechanic being like, so what's wrong with the car? It's like, I don't know, just <laughs> look at the engine. 
Inside a JIRA ticket, there's no way for an engineer to look at the engine, even 30 years later as everything else has become automated. But why hasn't it changed? Often, as engineers, as product managers, we can identify that a process inside our company has broken, but our job is to keep pushing past it to focus on delivering more value to the users. So we can't stop and try to fix these broken processes or build new tools to fix them. And so that's why it takes a company that's fully dedicated to it, like Jam, so that our users, our customers can go and just deliver value to their end users, move really fast, and then we'll fix this process for them. Yeah. And look, I guess I'd like to dig in a little bit uh, deeper into the idea. So you talked about essentially that it's like being uh, going to a mechanic and they're asking you, uh, you know, what's wrong with your car? So what sort of defines the differences between, say, like a good, effective bug report and a bad one? How do we essentially be our own mechanics or how are people being forced to be their own mechanics in this world? It's crazy because I've been on, I've been a software engineer receiving those bad bug reports. And then I became a product manager who was creating those bad bug reports. You probably, like Shaw, you've been in those like Slack channels or like, you know, Microsoft Teams or Google chat where someone who's not from the technical team basically reaches out, tags you and says, hey, like something, something is broken. And of course, like being the software engineer that you are, you want to go and fix those things, right? And you reply to that uh, chat saying, hey, like, but can you give me some more information? And if you're lucky, you'll probably get a response in that day. Uh, but what really ends up happening is for the next few days, takes every single day, like hours of your time, trying to basically chase this person and understand what exactly went wrong. You just don't have enough information. And this, this is very common because most of the time when people are reporting these bugs, it's not from the engineering team. And that, that's what it should be anyway, because whoever receives, whoever sees a bug should be reporting it. And it's usually from the sales team, the customer success team. Uh, at Cloudflare, Danny and I, we didn't have a QA team. So it was us, the product managers, creating these bug reports. And what ends up happening is like our industry, like before customers started using Jam, the way they would solve it is two ways. Uh, the first way is they would create templates. And what I mean by that is people would, engineering managers or product managers will come up with this idea like, hey, you have to fill out all of this information. All of these fields in Jira are required before you create a bug report. The pro, like it sounds great, right? Like now, like you're gonna receive these bug reports that has that's gonna have all of the information. It breaks down because people don't really have enough time to like fill out all of those nitty gritty details. So what ends up happening is people just don't report bugs, and then customers find find about those bugs before you do, and that really really sucks. Uh, the second way people try to solve this is by, and this was very familiar to us uh, as well, like people would create wiki docs or like notion docs prescribing follow these specific steps to create that perfect bug report and again it sounds great in theory but what ends up happening is people just don't take the time to read a doc i remember at cloudflare one of the engineers got so frustrated with this like whole process that he decided to give a tech talk to the rest of the company like he created slides like teaching people how to create the best bug reports a good bug report on the other hand has two characteristics. It, it, like when you create that good bug report, you're thinking about like spending injuring time effectively, which means it leaves no back and forth, no follow-up questions when you see that ticket. The other thing that's, uh, that makes a good, really good bug report is the engineer knows exactly what to fix when they see. 
bug report that you created. Just wanted to jump in. That that presentation from Cloudflare actually informed one feature we have in Jam. So this was a front-end engineer describing, here's why everyone's bug reports are not helping us, the front-end engineering team, in solving the issues you're reporting. And he gave this one example. And he's like, here, this is what the screenshots look like that you are sending us. And inside that image, there were like some scales. And he's like, is it a dragon? Is it a bug? What is it? And then he zooms out and it's a dragon bug. And that was so memorable, but it led us to build a feature in Jam where when you report a bug with Jam automatically, if you do a crop screenshot, we add in the full screen screenshot. So you get all the context because often someone will be like, here's the error I saw, but the engineer needs everything else that happened outside that. You touched on both of you on, uh, I think really the crux of the problem. Like I can remember when I, during my time working at Google, it was very common, essentially in the first line of defense of any bug report was an engineer immediately responding saying like, I need uh, a log report, a screenshot, what version of Android was it, all this sort of stuff. And then essentially, and it might take them a day or something, depending on the priority of the bug to respond to that. And then the person who filed the bug goes back and tries to recreate it, collect all that data, update it. And if that came from a customer, they might not even be able to actually get that information because if it's on an Android device, telling them to turn on, you know, developer options to get collect the log and then upload it is like not going to happen, no matter how useful that might be. And then you end up like essentially having two weeks of like back and forth and friction before you even get the right information if you are able to get the right information. And it creates a world where people, I think, start to get scared to file bugs because if they don't have that information, they know the engineering team is basically going to reject it. It's like, oh, well, I can't fill out this template now because, and I don't want to get yelled at by the engineering team for not having the right information. It creates all this like internal tension uh, between essentially engineering other parts of, of the company and your customers, which is never, ever going to be good for uh, you know, ultimately creating like a great product. As a non-engineer, there is nothing more embarrassing and kind of frustrating than reporting a bug, which then the engineer writes, it works fine on my end and closes the ticket. And so this really informed how we built Jam. We wanted to make sure that it was software that was really easy, really simple, that even if you have no engineering background, you should be able to communicate deeply technical information to engineers, but without you having to figure that stuff out. So with Jam, it's really designed, it's designed for engineers, but it's also designed for everyone else. For everyone else, it's two clicks, super simple, super easy, get all the diagnostic information, just send a link. And for the engineer, it's designed to look like DevTools and Chrome. Awesome, so I wanna get into the, a little bit of the details of, uh, of Jam. So you've teased some of the ways that it's different than and some of the problems it's solving, but can you walk me through essentially the process of say like filing a bug report how is that different than what most people have been used to doing for the last you know 30 plus years yes so in the real world when you want something fixed often you say like let me show you jam is let me show you for product development for software development jam is a browser extension that you install and then when you see some sort of issue then you just click on Jam and it grabs an instant replay of what just happened. The last 30 seconds recorded like a video, plus all of the console logs, all of the network requests, device information, even network speed. So an engineer will know, is this bug caused by the internet being slow or by something else? And it packages all of that automatically into one link that you can just send to an engineer or paste into any ticket. And that way the engineer opens up that link and then they just have everything that they need to know. They can see on the video timeline 
where was the network error? Where was the console error? Where was the issue and what is it? And then they can just start fixing. This is very different than before Jam, where it was up to the bug reporter to try and figure out what information an engineer might need. For someone who's further removed from the engineering team, often it's like screenshot with a vague description. The issue with these vague descriptions is usually they use words that the engineering team doesn't use, like the way a salesperson might talk about a part of the product may be a different word than the engineering team might use to talk about the same part of the product. Um, often people who are further removed from the engineering team might say things that are vague, like something didn't work, but didn't work means could mean many things. So it's not specific enough for engineers to actually figure out what happened. If someone is uh, much more technical, much closer to the engineering team, they may go through the hassle of opening up console logs and the network tab and screenshotting any errors that they see and attaching it to the ticket. They may, they may even export a HAR file from the browser to attach to the ticket, but this just takes so long. And so what we hear from product managers who really care about giving engineers a great fixable ticket is, you know, they're dogfooding their own product, they see a couple issues, and then there goes their to-do list for the next and they got it for their next few hours because it's just going to take a really long time to recreate each bug and give engineers the details they need. In a lot of ways, this kind of reminds me of some of the work that's been done with uh, like um, transforming essentially like internet logs of, of traffic on a website when you're trying to like analyze like user behavior. So are people able to make it through the sign up process? And that used to be you just essentially went through like an event log and you had to kind of like stitch it together and put in your mind's eye of what actually is going on. You essentially have all this quick information, but then companies like Full Story and Hotjar came along and they're like, let's take all that data and play it back as a video essentially, which is way more valuable because you can actually see what someone's doing versus like trying to recreate, go from log file to some sort of net image of what's actually going on. Is that kind of like what, what the, in, in the spirit of what's going on here with, with Jam? Exactly that. And we use the same underlying technology as Full Story. Uh, the way that Instant Replay works in Jam is by taking snapshots of the DOM and what's changed in the DOM and then only, and then storing them locally, like in the browser cache. And then only when someone says, okay, I want an Instant Replay of a bug that just happened, we stitch it together like a video. But if you inspect in the Jam UI, you'll see it's just an iframe with HTML inside of it. And then how does this work for, say, like a customer reporting a bug? Again, any, anywhere someone is saying, like, I need to show you what's happening, we need to expand there. It's been a year since we opened up Jam to the world. We're so excited by the feedback and the response so far. There are 20,000 people now using Jam from companies like T-Mobile, Dell, Staples, Ramp, Rippling. And, and so one thing we're seeing is that people are taking Jam and bringing it to their end users, but we're excited to one day just build something for end users, help end users report deeply technical information back to engineers. Yeah, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, people, IT departments used to do like, you know, screen sharing essentially and like Fog Creek Software, Joel Spolsky's company, like one of their big products from now, it's like 15 plus years ago, was essentially like a really easy way to do screen sharing between like IT because then you can actually see what someone's doing and is worth the pain of whatever that install process is if it's going to essentially shortcut the process of getting to the right information and solving the problem. So I read that, you know, Jam has saved engineering teams, I think over a, a million minutes or something like that in debugging time. So can you just elaborate a little bit on how does this essentially improve the time that someone might be spending uh, debugging if, uh, to actually figure out what's going on and solve the issue? 
Uh, yeah, so uh, this is the amazing part about Jam. So you don't really have to change your workflow or the tools that you are currently using uh, to use Jam. So if you're already using an issue tracking service like Jira or Asana or Linear or something like that, uh, like you don't need to change that. And the way it works is like when you're reporting a bug, you would use Jam to create a bug report and it seamlessly integrates with your issue tracking system. So what that means is the people who are usually reporting bugs very manually with screenshots and writing things down, uh, and like we heard earlier, most people just don't do that, uh, they can just with two clicks capture all of that information in a Jam link, and then they integrate seamlessly with an issue tracking tool like Jira. Now, when the engineer sees it, normally when they would have like incomplete information, they wouldn't be able to action it, or they would have to figure out exactly what went wrong because they have to dig through the logs in some sort of a backend system or just ask follow-up questions or sometimes even get on a Zoom call with the people. But because of Jam, when it populates a Jira ticket, it has the screenshots, the recordings, it has the device information, the browser information, console logs and network requests. So all the things that you need as an engineer to fix that bug, it's just all there in the Jira ticket. So you just don't have to waste time like context switching and going to all these like different tools uh, to fix that problem. Yeah, so it sounds like you're not only saving essentially your one of your most precious resources within any organization, which is your engineering time or your software engineering hours, but you're also saving all that like back and forth that we talked about as well that causes like escalated SLAs on tickets because it takes two weeks just to get the right information in there. In the first place, you're basically completely shortcutting that process with using Jam. So... I feel like, uh, you know, I've been in the developer tooling world for, for a long time, and it's sometimes hard to convince companies and developers to, like, pay for, for anything. <laughs> so how have you sort of been navigating that challenge of taking something like this and actually turning it into a business? So we believe strongly in a free tier because we're spending a lot of time and effort trying to make bug reporting better. And we want the most people as possible to get value out of that. That's a more meaningful company for us to build. So Jam will always have a free tier. And then we have a paid tier just for real enterprise companies, things that only enterprise companies need, things like advanced access controls. One thing about Jam is it's really built in partnership with our users. It's a really interesting process to build a new product to solve a people and process problem that doesn't have a product solution before. And it just takes a lot of iteration and feedback. And so we've been really grateful and blown away at the level and amount of insight and feedback that we've been getting from our end users. And we really are listening and are iterating on that every single day. And so the other benefit of having a free tier is just having more people along for the journey with us who are able to try out what we're building um, and tell us like, here's what I'm liking, do more of this. And oh, in my team, this works this way. I need the flexibility of this feature to work a different way. That's good. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about the, for the paid customer, like what are some of those, you know, essentially privacy security controls that Jam supports? But enterprises, like, you know, we have a lot of customers in the healthcare space, in the banking space, and they have very specific requirements about uh, privacy. So the way uh, the feature that we offer for them is they can uh, set up access controls, granular access controls, where only people from their company will be able to actually view that link, like sign up and view that link. Um, 
And that's what's uh, really working for a lot of these customers. The other thing that we do is uh, we can set up like data retention policies for uh, customers that have like sensitive uh, customer or user data, where we can set up like 30, 60, or 90-day uh, rules where every 30 or 60 or 90 days, we basically delete all of those gems. Uh, so none of that data basically floats around. And for some uh, enterprise customers, we can go even a step further where we will set up uh, custom S3 buckets or Google Cloud buckets for them, where they can, instead of sending it to our cloud, which is again, like secure and encrypted and all of those things. Uh, but if they, they, they have specific compliance requirements that they have to go through, where they have to save it in their own environment. So for those customers, we offer a way where they can set it to their S3 bucket or Google Cloud Storage. And then if you're collecting, say you have some sort of uh, like form where you're collecting certain types of sensitive data, is it is there uh, essentially built in like redaction or you know partial redaction of that information as well, so that you're not accidentally exposing a developer to seeing someone's like social security number or something like that? Hundred percent. So we obfuscate all of this stuff on the client side. So uh, when Jam, when you're capturing a Jam on your browser, we redact information like password, uh, like security tokens, uh, uh, cookies, things like that. So they just like never reach our servers even. So everything is handled on the client side. And that's done both in the DOM snapshots for the instant replay and in the network requests. Basically, we want people to be able to communicate deeply technical information to engineers, but not feel like there's any risk of their own security being compromised. Yeah, absolutely. makes sense. And then what's what's the team makeup today? It sounds like you know, you're a fairly young company. What's the structure of the of the company look like? We're, we, we love the team. Um, we're so lucky to work with this group of people. Many of them are people that we met building Cloudflare or helping build Cloudflare. Um, like, for example, I... Every week, I used to have a triage meeting with the engineering manager of, of that team where we would go through this painful process of doing the backlog grooming on bad bug reports. And that engineering manager now leads the engineering team at Jam. The team today is still quite small, but that's on purpose. One thing we learned at Cloudflare is that when something is important and you want it to go faster, you actually put fewer people on it, not more. And so we've opted for a lean, small, senior team that can just work really well together and move really fast. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And I think when you reduce essentially the network of communication, then, and you have more senior people that can kind of work autonomously, then there's just a lot less of the like bureaucracy that comes with large teams of like running things up the chain to find out, should we be doing this or not? Everybody can kind of just move at, uh, you know, based on their best uh, judgment and understanding of what needs to be done. 100%. What, what's the uh, the tech stack that Jam was built on? Yeah, uh, so our, we're primarily a Chrome extension, so that's built with TypeScript. And uh, we use React to basically build uh, front-end uh, components. We use MobX for state management. And then our back-end app, uh, which is a Fastify app, uh, also written completely in TypeScript, uh, that is managed through Kubernetes. Uh, we and Kubernetes is deployed in Google Cloud. That's what we use for our cloud infrastructure. And then uh, for API, it's a mix of uh, GraphQL and REST. Uh, for database, uh, we use Postgres. And uh, for like Danny mentioned earlier, a lot of our code also runs on the edge computing platform that we helped build at Cloudflare, which is Cloudflare Workers. 
Uh, so a lot of our serverless stuff runs there. And for CD and DDoS, we also use Cloudflare. Uh, and for the monitoring alerting side, we use something called Datadog, which you might be familiar with. And for like version control and CI, yeah. So we use pretty GitHub. a lot of, a lot of standard sort of tool, modern tool stack there. What what was the sort of decision making process involved with? You know, where do you start there? Like, why choose Postgres over, you know, another type of technology? I will add, you know, coming from the Cloudflare world, where Cloudflare, as many people know, it's a Go, Lua, uh, Rust, Shop. And so building in the browser ecosystem was new for many of us. And so we are learning what are the, you know, as we are using these sort of modern, normal tools like GraphQL, we're really learning, like, what are the upsides? What are the downsides of these new tools in, in the JavaScript ecosystem? Um, one of the engineers on the team, Preston Pham, wrote this great blog post uh, about our journey so far with GraphQL, where it's been extremely helpful in delivering such a flexible UI and where it just makes debugging and monitoring so much more difficult and complicated. Actually, there's a feature in Jam we built because of our experience with GraphQL. So. The, one of the wonky things about GraphQL is that no matter what, it returns a 200 HTTP status code, even if it has errors inside of it. And so that makes it really, really annoying to debug issues because they don't get flagged as errors because they returned a 200. And you have to go through literally every single GraphQL request and can't even filter because it's all the same route. There's no like route per endpoint because it's one endpoint. And so uh, inside Jam, when there, when a, an application is built with GraphQL and there are errors inside one of the GraphQL re like responses, we will parse that out and flag it as an error to the engineer receiving the bug report, even though like Chrome DevTools might not. Basically, you've, you've been able to do some product discovery uh, and product feature discovery from, I mean, of course, like building your own product. So you're, you're, you're dog fooding a lot of this stuff, but what are would you say are some of the like big engineering challenges that you've had to overcome so far with actually building this this product? Yeah, uh, building within the browser extension ecosystem is just a very interesting challenge. It's very different from what we're used to. Uh, but most of our team worked at Cloudflare, right? So they worked on large-scale distributed systems. And what's funny about like working on Jam is like what they noticed was it's also a complex distributed system. Because uh, what our users, they have like different tabs open. So you have to manage states across different tabs. You have to manage a global state. Uh, you have to manage states for what like actions the users are taking, like when you're taking a screenshot or a video. On top of that, like every browser has like different settings and different permissions. Uh, so you when you are building a system that works well across the board, uh, taking all of those things into consideration, that becomes a really challenging problem. And... Uh, like our engineering team has done a great job on uh, solving those and continuing to work through those. Uh, one of the things that I want to call out is well, oh, the, we realized that dealing with incognito tabs or windows is just a completely different beast. Uh, normally, when you're communicating, the extension is communicating to the web page, like you have these like protocols in there uh, where you send messages back and forth. But when you are using, you're, when you're loading the same website on an incognito tab, the bandwidth is basically reduced. So uh, that meant that we just could not pass messages like we normally do for other windows. So our team uh, had to come up with a completely novel protocol to communicate between the incognito tabs and uh, the extension. 
which is like a custom protocol that's like similar to TCP. It's much more lightweight, so you can actually uh, send all of that information that we need to capture the states. Uh, and we also plan to open source that protocol in the near future. What um, Has there been anything that's particularly surprised you about how people have actually used the product versus, you know, maybe what your original conceptualization of it was? Yeah, today, and, you know, we have, we have talked about this a lot, like Jam is used for bug reporting, which means that if you are building software in an engineering product design team, your, your product managers and QA people basically reporting bugs. And this is done every day because you're trying to find things that are broken and it happens during QA release cycles. Uh, and that's how most customers use Jam. What we, what we found out was really interesting. So I have two examples for you. The first one is this engineering team uh, that works in the RevOps space. They require every single pull request that they create in GitHub to attach a Jam link. And the reason for that is to it's show their work. They're a completely remote team. It's completely asynchronous. So they want to share what they're building with each other with every single pull request, even if it's just for a bug fix which is really fascinating and not at all something that we thought about when we started Gem. The other thing uh, that people do, because you can record your screen and share what you're seeing with Gem, uh, a lot of designers, when they would do user interviews, and like these are async user interviews, they would ask them, hey, uh, can you go and install this Chrome extension, Jam, and go through the website, see what you don't like, and report back. So. When their designers are doing user interviews, they're also using Jam to basically show what's wrong on their website, which is, again, not at all the thing that we thought about when we started yeah. Jam. I think the other thing that's been surprising is just, um, well, it's, it's exciting to hear about how Jam is being picked up and making an impact in each one of our users' companies. There are now several users who have created more than a thousand jams. Jam has been live for a year. That's a lot of bug reports. Um, there are now several uh, companies that require Jam to be installed on browsers to make sure that uh, every single person in the company is able to contribute to their product quality because they believe wholeheartedly that quality is a whole company team effort. Um, and I think, yeah, th that's been surprising and wonderful and some of the highlights of the adventure of, I guess, building a startup. Listen. Yeah, back to what you were talking about with some some of these like, you know, uh, I guess like non-standard uses of the product. And another thing that you could actually use this for would be even recording sort of like a demo, uh, because you're you're just essentially capturing what's going on in the DOM. So I could be like, oh well, I want to show off this you know product feature. I can essentially record that as a jam and then share that, even though that's not necessarily the initial uh, the original intention of the product. But there's that playback feature is, is nice. There are users doing that too. <laughs> so I think, you know, given uh, the world that we're living in, the, the sort of chat GPT world that we're living in at the moment, I think it would be, uh, you know, impossible to not ask some sort of question related to AI. But do you see a role, I guess, for the things that are happening in the world of generative AI and the world that you're now inhabiting of, of bug reporting? Yes. So bug reporting hasn't changed in 30 years, and we want to innovate it and bring it forward. And whatever technological advancements are available to us, we are going to use those to make the bug reporting process in bring it to the 21st century. And so we're really, really excited about all these advancements in AI and how we can incorporate them. 
probably by the time that this podcast is released, we'll have launched something called JamGPT. JamGPT is an AI debugging assistant that sits right in the bug report captured by Jam that has all of the context of the browser state and is able to give pointers to the engineer about where they might want to look in the code base and also even fix broken code. Oftentimes, it's a senior engineer that needs to help a junior engineer kind of give them some pointers about where to look. And so this will both empower junior engineers, but also just save every engineer a bunch of time um, in just figuring out where the issue is and starting to solve it. There's endless uh, opportunity here to use AI, both for the person reporting the bug. You can imagine one day uh, that Jam will be like, oh, hey, QA person, was that a bug? Do you want an automatic bug report of that with a perfect AI-generated description? And also for the engineering side, solving it. Yeah, that's, that sounds really, uh, really cool, really useful. Uh, I think that there's, uh, like you said, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity here. So what... Is there anything else you'd like to share at this time? Jam is really built in collaboration with our users. What that means actually, like a lot of companies say this, but what does that mean at Jam? It means that multiple times a week, Urtifa started this tradition. Uh, we share clips from recent user interviews with a whole team. And we all discuss as a team how we can improve the product for those users. Many times a day, like five to 10 times a day, we'll get great emails or chats from our users with really great insight and feedback and ideas and suggestions. And we're sharing them constantly as a stream into a Slack channel called Users Say the Darndest Things, where the whole company is there and everyone is discussing together how, how we can double down on what's working and how we can improve what's not. Um, we, we love our users. They are builders. They are all working hard to push the world forward. And so it's it's really a joy to get to work collaboratively with them to, to create a better process around bug reporting. So if you are fed up with the slow and archaic, outdated process of bug reporting, um, please give Jam a try. You can get it at jam.dev and reach out and let us know how we can make it even better, more effective for you. Uh, my personal email Danny at jam.dev, please reach out um, and we can't wait to hear from you. Awesome. And uh, Aristef, do you have anything you want to add? Um, no, I just wanted to say that you know, Jam is free. Uh, it's going to save you a lot of time. Go to jam.dev and sign up. And just wanted to say, like, Sean, thank you so much for jamming with us today. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. You know, I, I love that you're taking all these steps to modernize bug reporting. I think it's something, you know, obviously this way, way overdue. And thanks for sharing all you're doing with Jam and, and cheers. And thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you.